everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name is Fonda. And my name is Allison. Today, Allison's going to be talking about Atom Eve. A-T-O-M, not A-D-A-M. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, like the thing everything is made of. <laughs> uh, so, Adam Eve is a superhero name. Uh-huh. Her alter ego name is Samantha Eve Wilkins. Okay. Yes. She is from the comic books titled Invincible. If you've ever heard of them. I have not. <laughs> they are a series of comics printed by Image Comics. Invincible number one came out in 2003, and the series finished with number 144 in 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's all done. Since it is relatively new, I'm going to try and avoid some of the main plot spoilers because it's pretty easy. With this character, I can kind of just allude to crazy shit going on in the background and don't actually have to give you any hard facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was created by Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead fame as the sole writer, with Corey Walker and Ryan Otley contributing to the artwork. It is known for its bright colors and graphic violence. Oh! (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah. Great. She also appeared in Invincible Presents Adam Eve number one and two, which explored further into her origin, and Adam Eve and Rex Splode one through three, which dug into the beginning of her relationship with fellow superhero Rex Splode. <laughs> Wait, what? Rex Splode? Rex Splode. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, for anybody who hasn't read the Invincible books or doesn't isn't really familiar with that world, I'm gonna try and explain it a little bit. So the best way to describe the world of Invincible is that it's basically R-rated Superboy from, like, the Superman comics. Okay, okay. So the story follows a young man named Mark Grayson as he discovers his powers and grows into his superhero identity. Oh! His father, Nolan, is an author and also... Nolan sounds like an author name. It does. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Uh... Nolan is an author and also Omni-Man, which is like this world's Superman, with the powers of flight, superhuman strength, super speed, and virtual immortality. So they're it How is it different from normal immortality? Because they can be killed. Okay. It's just really fucking hard. (laughs) Okay, is it like you need to get like find the seven horcruxes and then you have to go and get a special knife and then the knife has to be used to perform a ritual and only then are they mundane enough to kill like that kind no, of difficult you just also have to have superpowers and be able to like combat their super strength essentially as i said it's very gory people do get ripped apart in this comic book well. <laughs> so his father is what is known as a viltramite from the planet Viltrum. <laughs> Viltramite? Viltramite, yeah. That reminds me of that really weird... Vegemite? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Vegemite. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Just how it sounds. Yes, I get it. And his mother is a human named Aww. 
Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. The twist in these comics, though, is that unlike Clark Kent, Nolan was sent to Earth to find out if it was worth conquering. Viltrumites were almost extinct and oh. had sent out operatives as a way to see what planets would be compatible with their genetics for them to breed and hopefully save their race. Because they're dying out because of this weird plague. <laughs> oh. Oh no. Yes. Are they having a pandemic? Too um, soon to joke about? Too soon for us here? Well, unlike our <laughs> unlike our pandemic, this was definitely like warfare pandemic. They were a conquering race. They were all obviously very strong. Um, and so they were taking over multiple planets. And as a way to fight back, another planet created a disease that killed them off. And so there are very few left, but those that are left are the strongest (laughs) and the most vicious. And it's a very aggressive race. Like, they are not benevolent or kind. (laughs) They are conquerors who value strength above all else. (laughs) Once Nolan had discovered that his son Mark had inherited all of his powers and strength, he kicked off the invasion plan. And from that point, our story continues in some pretty wild directions that I'm not really going to get into. Okay. Um, I'm going to probably refer to them, but you won't know names or anything like that. Okay. That's fine, because that's not the point of Nope. (laughs) So yeah, basically, what if Superman was a bad guy? A few of the other superheroes of note are, of course, Adam Eve. And then there is Rexplode, Eve's boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) It's I'm ridiculous. sorry, but when you say Rex Float, I know I think of like T Rex. Yeah, and then I think of like his powers, like to make things explode. And I, it's a name I never thought I'd hear in my life. And you know, people are creative, and I love it. It is. It's pretty fucking creative. <laughs> so he can make inorganic objects explode, and then oh, I get the Rex Float, yeah. but I don't. Yeah. He charges them and then he like throws them like bombs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can kind of, okay. Oh, these names just get wilder. Then there is Duplicate. Duplicate? Like the name Kate? Yes. <laughs> can you guess what her powers are? Duplicate. Yeah. Herself. Oh my god. No, Kate. That is a good Clever, good name. right? Like her name is Kate and like that's better than Rex Explode. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well his name, down. his human name is Rex. So still though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she can create and reabsorb copies of herself. Sick. Then we have robot, which is pretty self-explanatory. It's a robot. Is it like a young robot? Well, like an older robot? <laughs> it's a robot that is remotely controlled by a man named Rudy Connors. But those are kind of our main our main cast of characters. And now that's that's it. That's all the background you need, really. So <laughs> we're going to move on to Eve. Eve. <laughs> so Eve is the main love interest for the comic's title character, Mark Grayson and Invincible. Okay. She begins the series dating Rexplode though. So Eve is a living weapon designed by the government, but the scientist responsible for her creation developed a bit of a conscience while she was in her mother's belly. And he switched her out with a baby that had been stillborn at the hospital so that she would be able to get 
raised by normal parents. Because otherwise the government would have just, like, taken her and used her as a weapon. Oh. Well, that is very sad. Yes. At a young age, she showed extremely vast intelligence in regards to chemistry, which was actually an early manifestation of her powers. Oh. And her powers are pretty badass. Yeah. If I may say so. She can control subatomic particles. So basically, she can, like, rearrange matter, both inorganic and organic, but not animal. Okay. That's a specific <laughs> yes. thing and that she can't do. It's specific because the people who created her, the scientists that created her in this government program, wanted to put some blocks in her mind. Otherwise, she would literally be able to reorganize a human body. And uh. so, <laughs> without her being able to affect animal matter that means that she can still do like plants and stuff like technically organic but not living (laughs) i know that you know that's a good limit to put on somebody because yeah you know when you think about it if you're making a superhuman person in a government program Sometimes you're like, let's make them the best that they can be and we'll be able to control them and they'll listen to us, but they'll be terrifying to our enemies and then that bites them in the ass and they can do all this stuff and they're like, no, like hindsight, they thought it well enough to be like, let's just cap this thing specifically. Yes. And I can't get mad at that because that's just thinking. It is. (laughs) It is thinking. But it's too bad that when she goes through intense and vast emotional trauma, she can break through that block. Oh. Yes. So, oh, but it's... that's... That... <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, the poor... <laughs> but it has to be, like, like trauma. Like, a big fucking deal. Which I will touch on a couple times when this happens. Okay. In a little bit, but... Okay. Now I'm heartbroken for her. I know. She's, she goes through some shit. Especially, like, the first time she has a trauma or something where she has, like, a intense emotional reaction to. What if she accidentally goes through that block and... I'm just thinking of, like... Oh, what? we'll get to it. What if there's, like, a dog around her that she loves? <laughs> she does still have control over it. Yeah. So she does still have control over her powers when she breaks through that. It's just that now she has no no conceivable limit, essentially, to what she can manipulate. Okay. okay continue i'm just cool feeling a little sad for her (laughs) so some of the common uses that she does for her power is she hardens the air to make things like walls and armor she can fly by using her powers in a specific way that's very sciencey that i'm not going to talk about because (laughs) i don't understand it (laughs) and she can also phase through solid objects if she phases through Machines or people, she can actually mess with their magnetic fields because of the way that her powers work. And this will cause shorting out shocks and even render humanoids unconscious. Oh. Fun fact for all those science nerds out there who ask that lovely question about all superheroes that kind of change mass. Because the the scientific rule is that, like, you cannot ever get rid of mass. It has to, like, transfer into something else or it has to become something else. Okay. And so any of the unused molecules and matter that she 
obviously doesn't use, she absorbs into her body and will later have to eliminate from her system. At one point in the comics... She states that after using her powers a lot, she might have to go to the bathroom six or seven times a day. (laughs) Basically, she just turns the unused matter into poop. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) The fact that this comic went into this fucking detail is weird, and I like it. (laughs) Because I don't think I've ever heard... I've never read a comic where a girl talks about going to the bathroom at all. And so I'm like, well, you're like, well, that's fun. Hot diggity. (laughs) She met Rex when they were both teens and they eventually joined the teen team along with Duplicate and Robot. So that's kind of where her superhero fighting got started. But her and Rex eventually break up after she finds him cheating on her with Duplicate. Oh, no! (laughs) There were multiples. (laughs) Oh, no! Wait. I just need to know. Was this, like... Like, I don't want his fuck-up to ruin the relationship she has with Kate. No, they eventually get over it and, like, kind of become friends later on. Okay. I just, you know, like, I don't know the context. (laughs) Maybe, maybe Kate, like, misunderstood a relationship. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, no. Kate Kate a hoe. But she cool. (laughs) Okay. I just, I just, you know, like, I don't want, I hate it whenever there's, like, the man was the reason these women can't be friends. Like, I don't want, like, yeah. Yeah. She mutually fucked up a fuck up, but I. Yeah. Eve is. One of the biggest reasons why I like Eve is because she is a very, like, logical and pragmatic woman. Like, they were cheating, and she knows that, but she's also not going to, like, ruin her career as a superhero or mess with the fact that, like, they have a relationship. So for a while, like, her and Kate are kind of on the rocks, but then, like, they become friends again, and, like, she eventually kind of forgives Rex, too, and it's just, like, it was what it was, (laughs) and she was hurt, obviously, but, like, they eventually kind of reconcile. They they work through it. Like, the relationship's probably different. Yes. But, okay. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's really I just needed to know, because I'm a bitch for female friendship, and, again, she done did a fuck up. By equally cheating with her boyfriend, but I just want to know if there's like... Yeah, they do They do become friends again later. Okay. This event is what turns Eve towards her new friend Mark for a sense of comfort, and it's kind of the beginning of the eventual relationship that would form. Oh! So basically completely ignoring the story of the comic books, <laughs> or the story of the main character in the comic books... We are going to talk about her origin story. So the kind of the first two that they did as a kind of flashback almost to show her origins. Please do. Get me hyped for origins. And her origin story is actually the first time she breaks through the mental block as well. Oh no. Okay. So get ready for some emotional turmoil. I'm feeling the emotions (laughs) already. So after... Her scientist father, named Arius Brandyworth, 
freed her by giving her to some normal parents. Okay. He ends up tracking her down when she is in her teens because he starts seeing her using her powers on the news and stuff. Oh. And so even though he had effectively hidden her, she is now putting herself at risk. And so he tracks her down to warn her that the government is going to come after her if she continues to use her powers in a public setting. Got it. So not good. Okay. <laughs> a government agent uses some of her half-siblings slash failed experiments to trap her and Brandyworth. After a fight, the siblings essentially melt since their molecular structure was so unstable that they could not live for long outside of their tubes. Oh, that's so, really sad. Yeah. Brandyworth left the government project after he had freed Eve. And so even though they tried to continue recreating his experiment, essentially, they kept failing, which is unfortunate for those kids. The government officers then take the two to a secure location where her mother had been kept alive to act as an incubator for the failed sibling experiments in probably what is one of the... In a comic so full of gore, yeah, probably one of the most disturbing images in the comic is, like, this woman, like, suspended in a tank, hooked up to tubes and stuff, and it's really fucked up. Oh. Um... <laughs> you want to look it up feel free I but know, I'm, I'm i'm okay i'm not gonna show fonda because i don't think she'll like I'm it i'm not good with <laughs> yeah it's a really gore. like yeah because it's not it's not even gory it's just the the concept and the theory of it i think especially for a female reader i think is really uncomfortable okay um because it's it's fucked up it don't be fucked up it don't be fucked up Seeing this woman suspended this way sets off Brandyworth, who had fallen in love with her, and he ends up getting shot along with Eve's biological mother. Because now that this agency has Eve back, they don't have any need for them anymore. In her immense grief, she ends up breaking through the block, but being a young teenager, instead of using this chance... To bring her parents back to life, she removes herself from the minds of the government officials by messing with the molecules in their brains. Oh, no. Yes. That sounds really uncomfortable. Yeah, so she, like, completely makes them forget, basically, this whole experiment, and that, like, she even exists, that her family ever existed, like... Oh! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this story as, like, a beginning for her. Because not only does it showcase just how powerful she can be, but it also sets up the practical reasons that she does not trust, like, government structures throughout the main comic. And uh, uh, she is upset with herself afterwards because in that moment she chose revenge rather than help her parents, which was a lesson that she did take to heart. And so she does become a very... Obviously, she becomes a good guy. She becomes a superhero who wants to save and protect people. And the following times that she does end up going through this trauma and breaking through that block, she uses it as a chance to help the situation rather than to get revenge on whoever caused the trauma to her. Oh, okay. So instead of taking a, a personal advantage on the person that wronged her or is doing the wrong, she's pushing through it. And thinking, okay, how can I use this, like, little opportunity I have to help everybody? 
instead of just her own self interests yeah. of hey you um really fucked me up just now and <laughs> made me feel emotions and now i can do this thing i'm gonna fuck you instead of like taking the high road and trying to help the overall group of people that are in the situation yeah I mean, sometimes helping the overall group of people could be like being like, I'm going to fuck the villain up. But at the same time, like there's a difference between fucking the villain up for your own personal gain and like. Yeah. And she does that too ish. But she does make sure to use the opportunity in a better way. Because like I said, like she could rearrange matters. She could have saved her mother and father. She could have healed their wounds and made them alive again. (laughs) Yeah, it. She was, like, I think she was, like, 13 or 14 at this time. Oh so, like, gosh. the poor girl, she's just yeah. young and confused and angry. And at this time, too, she's, like, arguing with her, essentially, adoptive parents. Yeah. Who don't know that she's got super... Or I don't think at this point they know that she has superpowers. They do eventually find out. But, yeah, so she has this really tumultuous relationship with her adoptive parents and so she kind of ends up idolizing this idea of what her biological family could have been because those mutants were technically as i said her half siblings because they were still born from her mother and so she's like i could have had these brothers and sisters and instead i'm an only child and like i could have had these parents who understand my powers and who like care about me in that way and like Instead, I have these other parents who are like, why weren't you a better student and stuff? Because obviously she was super smart. And so they had tried to put her into like fancy schools and stuff for being a prodigy. And she's just like, I don't fucking want to <laughs> because she's a teen girl and she just wants to go and be normal. And that doesn't work. Even as someone <laughs> without superpowers, sometimes you just want to do things that all other kids or teenagers are doing you know yeah. what i mean like you don't always want to have to be like oh i like i i gotta do this thing because i'm skilled at soccer and none of my other friends are in like a high level soccer league or something like that and now i have to leave on weekends and like sometimes even those things people are like i just want to be quote-unquote normal or like my other friends that can just do kid teenage things and so that's probably 10 times more when you have powers yes so we're gonna get into her early relationship with mark okay is mark the boy yes who helps her go through things again just to double check uh yeah mark grayson is invincible (laughs) yep I don't know why that's making me laugh. The names in this comment are, like, so spot on and wild. It's incredible. Mm. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) There's one character named Monster Girl, which is literally a girl that turns into a monster. I'm down. That's it. I'm down down with that. I will talk about her one day because she is complicated as fuck, and I love it. Here for it, and I can't wait. After breaking up with Rex, Eve takes some time to be a solo superhero for a while, sometimes teaming up with Invincible, but she eventually decides to go to Africa, um, where her powers can be used for more than fighting crime. She uses them to help improve farming and build houses (gasps) and does a bunch of humanitarian stuff. Oh, I girl after my own heart. Oh, I love this. I know, right? Sometimes you need people to start local, you know, yeah. start start in those places instead of just like, there's a super villain, like, go help yeah. communities. 
And at the time, Mark was had started dating somebody else. And so even though she had had feelings for him, she's like, I want him to be happy. So I'm just going to like go do my own thing, be like a strong, independent woman. But after a harrowing adventure through multiple dimensions, oh, shit. Mark meets an alternate and future version of Eve. Oh. Who tells him that she always loved him and that she had, like, essentially regretted not telling him sooner in this, like, weird alternate world. Oh. And so once he gets back to Earth, he flies to Africa and him and Eve kiss. Oh. <laughs> There are obviously some more, like, classic relationship problems at this point. Like, yeah. she ends up finding out that the only reason why he got the balls to come and kiss her is because some future version of her told him that, and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not, like, a great reason, kind of. It's like, I know that it gave you the kick in the pants you needed, but also, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like... a little complicated and a little bit weird, but they do eventually become an official item, and they kind of get together. They go through, again, other, like, classic romance stuff. They have, like, <laughs> arguments. They want to move in together because both of them still live with their parents. And, like, <laughs> but they need to make money. And so she kind of spearheads them starting Invincible Incorporated, oh. where they kind of do their own um, superheroing. So she books him for jobs, like security, stuff like that. And they become like an actual team, which is really cool to see. Aww. One of my favorite storylines for Eve is when Mark needs to go into space to fight in the Viltrumite War. But before he leaves, her powers had been acting strangely and it turns out that she is pregnant. Oh. But knowing that Mark is needed in this war, she sends him away anyways. So while he is gone, she ends up bonding with his mom because they hadn't gotten along before this. And they kind of grow closer through their their shared worry about him, like yeah. going into space, like maybe not coming back, like all of those kinds of things. So eight months later, he returns to find Eve has gained about 60 pounds in his absence. And she's extremely self-conscious about it, but he doesn't actually, like, care at all. Okay. In fact, he says in the books that she looks sexy with the extra weight. Aww. And I really like this because they did show her looking, like, curvier. And, like, <laughs> she still put on, like, her tight spandex costume, but she had more of a butt and more of a belly and like she was a little bit thicker and it was like oh hey like you kind of see yourself a little bit more or I saw myself a little bit more oh. as being like a plus size woman seeing her kind of dealing with the self-conscious aspect of like gaining weight especially then, in a relationship because sometimes there's this like weird thing when people who are plus size dating someone who's maybe quote-unquote fit or in the ideal like body shape for their perceived gender identity and like sometimes you're like oh plus size people get judged for being with people who are fit and thin yeah in a way and that can be kind of a self-conscious thing yeah so and so it's just it was a really cute little thing especially because like he came back and he didn't he didn't care one night shortly after his return the two go to dinner at a friend's house Ooh. And while Eve is helping her friend bathe the kids, she gets very emotional and leaves. And oh. Mark sees this and follows her to comfort her. 
And this is where she ends up breaking down and telling him that she actually got an abortion when he left. Oh, so she isn't carrying. And so the two talk about it and they cry together and they generally become closer as a couple because she knew that he needed to go and fight. Yeah. But she also wasn't prepared to be a mother of probably a superpowered child all alone, especially if he never came back. Like, they're still pretty young at this point, and she had to make that decision without him. And so her weight gain was kind of due to stress and grief and, like, emotional eating, like, those kinds of things. And so it really, for a comic written by men, I think really touched on it in a gentle way. Like, there was more that they could have dived into, obviously, but I think for the content that these comics were about, it was a pretty big risk to kind of dive into that sort of topic. But yeah. it was a beautiful moment of like bonding and understanding for the two of them and the way that Mark responded to it and how he supported her and her choices about her own bodily autonomy and how he didn't get mad or anything about it like he was just worried about her and yeah. well especially because like when you think about it if she can control subatomic particles and atoms like anyone that has any sort of superhero power or control over quote-unquote like life or things that make life i'm curious if she had more of a reaction to you know there was a baby that was going to grow inside her. Maybe she had like more of a connection to it because she could understand it. And then to make that decision. And well, at the time, her her powers had already been acting up. Yeah. And so she actually, it shows in the comic that she knows that she's pregnant before he leaves. Oh. And she also knows that if she tells him, he won't leave. Yeah. But this war is like the fate of the universe. Not just planet Earth, not just like a couple things. It's like, like a big, ma- it's a big, it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, she had to make that decision, which I think is a decision that a lot of readers can understand and empathize with. Just the idea of knowing that your partner, the person who's supposed to go through the child rearing process and who's supposed to be there to support you, is needed elsewhere. Yeah, and I think it's just it was handled really. In a good way. I think no matter what she would have decided to, in just my personal viewpoint and this, having not read the comics, Mm -hmm. whether she chose to keep the child or go through with an abortion, that is a hard decision either way. Yeah. They both come with their own um, difficulties. Yeah. Uh, She does eventually, after a while, get pregnant again. Um, Her and Mark decide to try have a baby and to keep it and to be parents and to take that next step in their relationship but being a comic book it's never that easy (laughs) oh why can't it be though like i know in real life it's hard to a lot of people can go through like years of trying to get a kid but why do they gotta complicate it in comic books because villains are bad guys (laughs) like that man one of the biggest hurdles that they have to face okay is an old nemesis of Mark's who returns and threatens them. And against Eve's better judgment, Mark goes after the villain and ends up getting trapped for six months in these, like, alternate realities. And so she pissed. Because <laughs> she she asks him not to go. 
she's like she's like I don't want to do this again like it's like I'm keeping this baby but you need to be here for this it's like you are its parent you can't just go after somebody for revenge and so this is kind of like a little bit of a mirror of her choice when she was a kid of like choosing revenge over family yeah right and so in his anger he decides to chase this guy through dimensions and gets trapped (laughs) out of curiosity are there other super powered mutant people in the world tons Okay, Oodles. so at first I'm yep. like, if he's the, if there's like only like ten, and there's like all these big bad things. Like, yeah, you know, they're probably gonna be like, but I'm the only person that can help. But when you're like, this dude's just like, mm-hmm. much being like, a dick. Yeah, much like the Superman DC world, yeah. there are aliens with superpowers. There are supervillains with like, so like Lex someone Luthor. else could have dealt with the problem. Um, there were a lot of people who probably okay. could have dealt with the problem. <laughs> Just kidding. Like text your best friend. Hey, Billy. Yeah. Hey, You're robot. Good at interdimensional travel. <laughs> yeah. Can you take care of this asshole for me, please? Yeah. 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 So it was not the smartest choice gotcha. of Mark's. Okay. But he did it anyways. <laughs> As they do. Upon his return, Eve is pissed. She wants Mark to be in the baby's life, but she decides that she cannot be with him anymore and breaks up with him. Oh. But that's not all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a new villain arises and basically takes control of planet Earth. And during a battle... Eve's right leg is torn off and Mark needs to rush her up to a spaceship where she is saved and their baby is born healthy and happy. Oh, the pain (laughs) of your leg and then giving birth. Yep. Because Eve also at this time throughout her pregnancy was told that she wasn't allowed to use her superpowers because they were having a negative effect on the fetus. And so she had no recourse to fight back. Oh, no. Otherwise, she would hurt their baby. Having been defeated, the two make the very difficult decision to leave Earth because they now have a child who they need to take care of and put first. Eve does forgive Mark for leaving the two, and they are reunited as a couple. They also decide to name their daughter Tara because they're leaving Earth, so they wanted her to be a little piece of Earth. Oh. Yeah. The new family moved to a planet called Telescria, where an old ally of Invincible is. Okay. And Mark becomes a sort of freelancer for a group called the Coalition of Planets. Oh. So, pretty self-explanatory. Bunch of planets. Bunch of planets working towards peace. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Oh, it'd be like cop, (laughs) C-O-P. It would be. (laughs) Um... Telescria is a very cosmopolitan planet full of aliens from all over the galaxy. Oh. So it's really different from Earth. (laughs) (laughs) As different as you can get. There is definitely an adjustment period for the family while they learn about the different dangers of living on an alien world. Things like proper food to eat, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they have an infant baby. Yeah, yeah. And things get a little bit weird, but they make it work. As you do (laughs) when you're a team. Yes. Mark's half-brother actually also lives on this planet and is also working with the Coalition of Planets. Oh. And so they have a little bit of, like... A family A family there. They have a little bit of support. 
Um, Extra help when you're raising a probably super-powered child. Yeah. They have a few good weeks together as a family, and they work through some issues together and are generally pretty happy. But there is still a threat to the whole universe, and Mark has to leave again. He spends the day with Tara to allow Eve to get a bit of me time and have an opportunity to explore her new home. So she actually gets to, like... It's this really cute little montage of, like, Eve getting to go out. She finds, like, hats and, like, dresses and, like, alien fashion and alien food. And Mark is at home, like, playing with their baby girl. And it's so cute because, like, he's being a good daddy and, like, giving her a little mental break before he has to leave again. Because this time she's like, I know you're needed. Just like when he went away to the Viltrumite War. It's like, you are needed. Like, you... <laughs> You belong out there. (laughs) Yeah. And so he gives her that time. And so she gets to have a little bit of a break because she's obviously starting to get stressed. She's alone on a different planet. And it's, it's a very cute little, like little moment for their like kind of relationship and how they work together. And once she gets back, their daughter is very tired. And so they put her to bed and then they spend one last night together before he has to leave. Uh, While exploring a planet looking for clues about the location of the big bad guy, Mark ends up being sucked into a weird rift where he is kept for five years. Oh. Yeah. So upon his return, he discovered just how much time he missed because he he came back out of the rift and everything on the planet looked the same because it was kind of just like a desolate planet. And so then he flies back and like his daughter's now just about six And his wife's like, the fuck? (laughs) And he officially decides, like, after coming back, that he's never going to make that mistake again. So, yeah, he just, he plans to stick around now. He basically says, like, fuck the world. Fuck the the universe. Like, fuck responsibility. I don't care. (laughs) But in his absence, Eve had mourned him and had raised their daughter and had truly made a home for them on Telescria. After more than four years, she had a short relationship with an alien male who she sent packing since his species saw children as burdens and parasites. So so he was like, yeah, you should just like get rid of your six year old daughter. And Eve was like, fuck off. Like, no. Um, But she felt extra guilty now that Mark was back because she had went and had this like relationship because she had thought that he was dead. Fair. Um, And although he wasn't exactly happy about it, he never blamed his negative feelings on her at all. He completely understood her choices and why she made them. And he was mostly mad at himself for having missed so much, which I think is a really, again, a really good depiction of like a proper relationship because it's pretty low-hanging fruit to have him come back and be like why the fuck would you have sex with this dude and like kind of be shitty about it and it's like i thought you were dead yeah (laughs) it's like to me you had died yeah (laughs) like i was trying to move on i mourned you yeah (laughs) like um which has happened a couple fucking times now so poor eve This isn't the first time she's thought that her fucking partner has been dead in some alternate universe. We've talked a lot about Mark. Yeah, because their their relationship is so much of what I like about her. Because I don't think a lot of comics show a healthy relationship. And even though 
it's full of like crazy shit, their relationship is one of the healthiest I've read in comics. And she is, because these comics do very much so follow Mark, her story is very much tied to his. Okay. Um, We don't really get a super lot of, like, her own stuff because she is, she is a supporting character, but the way that they have made her be a supporting character is very well-rounded. Huh. And it shows her being smart. She is the one who ran their company, yes. Invincible Inc. She is a good mother. She is a supportive partner. And she's a badass superhero. <laughs> and they do take the time to show all of that while also, like, not, it doesn't necessarily focus on her a lot. Which, again, that's the unfortunate part about a lot of these female characters we're going to talk about is that a lot of times most of their lives do revolve around the main male character. Yeah. Um... As a family, they return to Earth for a little bit to see what's going on. A lot of crazy shit is happening on Earth. And then a lot of crazy shit is happening with, like, the whole galaxy. And everything is pretty complicated and messed up. (laughs) But the two decide that they need a break. A little family break. They gotta go spend time together. And so Eve takes her family to this little, like, house that she had built on like an alien planet. So she had made it all herself. She had crafted everything with her powers and they take their daughter there and they just want to spend some time completely away from everything to to just be together and to get away from the crazy shit that is happening in the rest of the universe. (laughs) The war and the violence finds them there. The bad guys in quotes, because <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who they are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the bad guys attack the family, and they specifically attack Tara as well, oh. which sets off both Eve and Mark. Parental instincts. Because of parental instincts. And they decide that they can't run away from their problems anymore, because even though they just want to focus on their daughter, they just want to be good parents. Yeah. Um, they have to go end this galaxy-wide threat. But this time, Eve's like, I'm not being left behind this time. Yeah. Like, we are going to go together because... Who takes care of the kid? They leave her with her grandparents. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she is safe with her grandparents. Well, her grandma. Her human grandma. (laughs) Deborah. (laughs) Deborah! (laughs) I knew she was going to come back. You don't just give me a name of somebody. No, Deborah's great. I love her. (laughs) Um, It's just nice because, like, when Eve tells Mark, she's like, I'm going to come with you. Like, we're going to do this together. He's like, but what about our daughter? Kind of tries to pull the whole, like, someone has to stay behind. Someone has to stay behind. And it has to be the woman. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's like, she's like, I will protect you. Like, I will keep you safe. We will get out of this together kind of thing. And then the climax of the whole comic happens and don't say nobody gets to know anything, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to tag a little thing at the end of the episode that if you want to know a general, what happens, I'm going to tell you at the end. So a just listen to after the, after the credits. So now a couple, that's basically the whole story. Cool. That's the whole story. Um, she is, an awesome mom 
Like, she's obscenely powerful. She wears a super cute little pink jumper when she's a superhero. (laughs) And it's got, like, I believe it has, like, the female symbol on it. Like the... Mixed with an atom. Like the Venus symbol? Yeah, it has the Venus symbol. And then it has, like, the little loops, like an atom, around the top circle part. So it's a very cute little outfit. She's got a little cape. It's cute, and it's pink, and I like it. (laughs) She is also a very emotional character, but she doesn't ever really let that get in the way of her need to do what needs to be done. Like, she kind of just, like, she feels her emotions, and she accepts them as a thing, but they don't, like, stop her from ever being a superhero or from getting shit done. (laughs) So logic usually prevails with her, but she does tend to fume and be mad for a bit at first, which I really dig, because, like, it does show her being mad. She's like, I am upset. But at the end of the day, she kind of organizes what feelings are her being hurt and what feelings are actually something that somebody needs to apologize for. Yeah. Kind Everyone's of like, allowed to have emotions and feel yeah. anger and upset and then think about those. Yeah. Um she's loyal and supportive of Mark and he is the same with her so they do have a very like as I said a very healthy relationship which is nice to see they talk about their problems and no matter how complicated they get which is pretty fucking complicated they always talk things through which is nice (gasps) communication communication I hate it whenever there's no matter the, the, the two people getting together don't care don't care if it's two women, two men, if it's a, a, a three-some group of people that are in a sex-positive relationship. I don't care. I hate it when I listen, watch, read any sort of fictional media, and it's like things could be easily solved with communication. I know communication is hard. Like, yeah. maybe you're like, I need a day to think about what I want to say. Fucking fine. Yeah. But actually, like, talk about it. It's the worst when someone's like... You see something happen, and you know that the writers themselves are choosing to make the character not want to talk about something. Yeah. They're just like, no, the person doesn't have to know. Or, oh, I didn't think it was a big deal. Like, sometimes that does happen, Mm -hmm. right? Like, people are like, oh, I thought about it. Don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. But so many things could just be solved with just talking. If an issue in your script or in your story or in whatever the fuck can be solved by one conversation, it is not a good issue. (laughs) Period. I don't give a shit. It's like my biggest pet peeve is in things like rom-coms and stuff like that when it's just like, seriously, this whole movie could be solved by these two people just having a normal fucking conversation and it's infuriating (laughs) and it's terrible. So I really like this because they talk a lot. She's a businesswoman, as I mentioned. She's also smart. She's great at chemistry. Mm. She's a great mom. I mean, she moves to an entirely different planet just so that her daughter could have, like, a happier life, which is a big deal. Because, like, her daughter's not going to know what Earth was. Her daughter's not going to know the difference. But, like, she has to leave everything that she's ever known. And that's bonkers. That can be hard to do. Yeah. And she's such a grounded hero. Her motivations for doing what she does range from when she started out as a dreamer who was a young teen who just wanted to be like a superhero and thought all the like oh this is just going to be great and everything's going to be fine and perfect and i'm just going to be a superhero and kind of idolized it in a way childhood getting ruined by yep adulting and then it moves to her more practical approach where she was in africa where she was doing 
humanitarian work. Love that. And then to like a financial one where they needed money to buy a house. So they started a company and like they worked that way. And then she gives up being a superhero so that she can be a mom, but then goes back to it so that she can be a superhero mom. <laughs> like, so she can be both. And it's just... Uh, she didn't fight in the big battle at the end so that she could be a hero. She fought so that she could save the universe for her daughter, so that she could protect her family. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to fight for. It is. Yeah. 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 And that's that's it. That's why you like her? <laughs> that's it. That's why I like her. I think she's she's a really great, like, all-around character. And I think the comics were made better by her being there. And her being a good, healthy support. I enjoyed reading a, a relationship that I could connect with. And just be like, yeah, like, that's a great... Like, they're great together. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it can be hard to connect to fictional relationships when there has to do with, like, sci-fi fictional things like superpowers. Like, you know, some people want to have superpowers, but when you have a relationship and all the issues might stem from superhero based issues and things that you're like oh that's not really something a lot of everyone in life can go through so when a comic adds a lot of like real life situations to those superhero things like abortion as a topic like yeah that's something that's gonna be hard for anybody no matter what and instead of having like superhero powers or something be the be the cause for something happening or being like I can't talk to you about this because I gotta go do xyz or being like oh this guy forgot about the fact that his wife had an abortion because of a superhero issue so they never talked about it and it wasn't a problem like instead of retconning some things to avoid human conversations yeah they actually kind of like try to add in like the real life connection to yeah Honestly, like, real-life problems that, like, couples have. And they do talk about, like, having kids again. Like, they talk about the emotional impact of it. Um, At one point, another little bit of a spoiler, kind of more for Mark's story, but he actually gets raped by another character. And he deals with a lot of intimacy issues that way. And so she has to support him through his his emotions and how he feels because of that experience and his own kind of guilt and it's a really I think again I think it's a really well handled situation and yeah it's probably hard for like even in real life men get raped we hear women talk about it more because it's definitely an issue but men getting raped is equally an issue but to them they don't talk about it because maybe it's like taboo in a weird way to be like I don't know I've heard the stupid thing where it's like oh well you didn't actually get raped like you probably wanted it right it's just like and they literally touch on that in the comics where he talks about how he like because at the time he was kind of broken up with Eve yeah but he's like I feel guilty because he's like I feel like I could have fought harder I feel like I could have done more to stop it from happening and like it's just it was heartbreaking yeah the way that he had to deal with it and it was very Ugh, it was very it's such a good for a comic that's like full of gore and <laughs> like universe wide fights and war and like all this crazy shit like it touches on some like some deep stuff and Aww. in a really good human way and it's great 
<laughs> so, <laughs> what are you excited about right okay, now? Okay, so, did you ever watch or hear about the Inuyasha manga and anime? I used to watch a little bit of Inuyasha. I don't super remember it, a lot of it. Okay. Um, I know, like, the basics. Dog, <laughs> half dog demon boy. Yep. White hair. Has ears, no tail. Yeah. Has a big sword. Yep. A girl travels <laughs> through a magical tree that takes her back to feudal era Japan. <laughs> and she's like a reincarnation of a priestess and can do all these cool things. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. it's like I fucking loved it. At the time when there wasn't like DVDs yet, my mom would record it for me on Friday nights <laughs> if I wasn't home with the VHS tape. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, so what I'm excited about is the fact that there's going to be a spin-off series Ooh. of the world, and it's called Yashahime, Princess Half Demon. And it's about the children of the characters from the original Ooh. one. So it's like years later, they're all teenagers, of course, and stuff, and it comes out in October of 2020. I'm excited about it. I have, like, a childhood nostalgia for it. I'm not going to talk about the fact that some people are really concerned about who the the mother is of some of the kids. Sure. Because there's, like, long story short, you know, like, with everything, there's issues with old shows people liked. One of the issues was of a really old full demon and a young girl who followed him around and idolized him and people are concerned that maybe Fun. this young child yeah grew up and became the mother yeah i'm not going to talk about that because nope. i know that there are issues for things but i want to try to enjoy this from a nostalgia perspective acknowledging that there will probably be issues yeah. and concerns but young Fonda fucking loved Inuyasha <laughs> so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I am excited for something else because I really liked the world. And I just want to watch something that young me will Yeah. From enjoy. what I remember, I do remember enjoying it. You was, it was just it was a fun. fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> I tried watching it recently in with the dubs, the English oh, dubs, because yeah. that's how I remember watching it. I was like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> there were just some things that they say and I was just like, I thought that was cool. <laughs> so yeah. anyways, I'm excited about it. That's awesome. It comes out and there's a trailer that everyone can watch for it. So that's what I'm excited about. Allison is the Inuyasha sequel series because nostalgia younghood Fonda just wants to see it. And, you know, if I don't like it, that's fine, but I'm not going to know until it comes out. Yeah. And I just saw the trailer for it, and I was like, hot diggity dog, young me. <laughs> Reserve your reviews for after actually having consumed the content. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. Please make sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. And also, we would love if you could leave us a review. Yes. Super duper freaking would love it. We're going to actually start reading reviews that we get as kind of like a mid-break at one point. So look out for that because we're kind of excited about it. Uh, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at WenchBenchPod. And if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at WenchBenchPod at gmail.com. All the art for the WenchBench 
was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Rican. You can find her on Twitter at Wherevile. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Momentary pause. I, like, I can't see any words. <laughs> they live happily ever after. That's the spoiler. They both survive. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that is the extent of the spoiler that I'm going to give you. Oh, it's such a good happy ending. I just actually recently, because I was collecting the hardcover of all of them, and oh. so I did just recently finish reading them. And it's a very good ending. And it's very cute and happy. Happily Aww. ever after. <laughs> I love a positive ending. Yes. <laughs>